Welcome to the second episode of Interviewing the Interviewer. I'm Eric Rinson Lobel, a journalism student at the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern University. Since I was nine years old, I've known I want to be a sports journalist. This podcast will pick the brains of some current sports journalists, including broadcasters, reporters, and writers, and will provide some tips to anyone like myself who wants to go into this field. This week, I spoke with Megan O'Brien. Megan is currently the team reporter for the New England Patriots. She graduated from the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern in 2016 and is preparing for her fourth season in New England. So, Megan, uh, before we get into your career now, when did you know that you wanted to be a reporter or sports journalist in some capacity? Oh, gosh, that's it's funny because I think I always knew. I didn't really understand the process of what it takes to become a sports broadcaster or a journalist or a broadcaster in general. When I was a kid, I grew up right outside of Chicago and we had TV on in my house all the time and it was always local news or sports. And there was a woman on the Fox local affiliate in Chicago, WFLD. Her name was Tamron Hall. And now she has her own morning talk show, but she was on local news in Chicago when I was growing up. And I loved Tamron Hall. And I used to tell my dad as a kid, someday I'm going to be just like Tamron Hall. And in fourth grade, we had to do a news report after reading, I believe it was Oliver Twist. And we, for our report, our book report, we had to come up with a newscast. And I remember telling my dad as I was practicing, Dad, every time I do this, I just pretend like I'm Tamron Hall. And my family is a huge sports family. I am a diehard White Sox fan. I love college football. I love college basketball. I love the NFL. And I competed in sports as well. Uh, I ran cross country at Northwestern. I wasn't very athletic, so cross country was my thing. And I thought to myself, how could I combine two things I love, telling stories and sports? And I said, wonder if I could go to school to be a sports reporter. And then, you know, a couple researched, a little bit of research in high school. And it just never really clicked for me that that was something you could do. Um, A lot of people in my family are in the medical field. So to me, I always thought either go to school and go into business or become a teacher, go into medicine. And none of those things really sparked my interest. And I just thought it was so cool that you could make a career out of doing something you love. So I guess that's a long way to answer your question, Eric. But um, I think I always knew. I just didn't completely understand how to get there. And what did you do once you got to Northwestern to prepare yourself for this career? So I, my, the way I found Northwestern was a little bit different than your quote unquote normal incoming freshman. I was getting recruited to run cross country and track in college. So I was looking at a lot of different schools for a lot of different reasons. And my sister is a year older than me. She went to Notre Dame. I grew up a huge Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame always sparked my interest. So I was talking to Notre Dame for a little bit, and I always said, if I'm going to go to school in the Midwest, it's going to be Notre Dame. And I was dead set on leaving home, experiencing a new world, and running in college. 
So I'm going on these recruiting trips and my mom calls and said, you got a, a letter from the Northwestern coach. And I said, oh, it's just too close to home, mom. I don't want to go there. It's only an hour away. And she said, Megan, it's a tremendous school. We have to go take a look. We went on a summer day to downtown Evanston. The campus was beautiful. I met the coach. We walked around and driving home, I'll never forget coming around the bend on Lakeshore Drive. I said to my mom, I think I'm going to go there. And she said, but you don't want to stay close to home. I said, I know, but I think I'm going to go there. So to me at the time, I was a little bit delusional. And as a high school student, I was certainly good in the classroom, but my focus was all on track and cross country. So I just applied regular, ran my cross country season, very focused. And my mom sat me down in the spring and said, what do you think you're going to major in, in Northwest, at Northwestern? And I said to her, I don't know, I'm probably going to go in undecided. She said, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going in undecided. We're going to come up with, with some sort of plan. So I said, okay. So I was already admitted to Weinberg, and I'm scrolling through the website, looking at all of the majors I could possibly, possibly study. And every single one of them for Weinberg, I said, no, I don't want to do that. So she said, well, let's go over to McCormick's. We went to the engineering's website. I said, no, that's not for me. We went over to Beenan School of Music. I said, no, it's not for me. We went over to... Um, the film school, no, that's not for me. And then we got to Medill. And right on the front page of the website, there was a reporter and a camera. And I said, that's what I want to do. That's what I've always wanted to do. I want to be in Medill. So then I called Medill and said, how can I transfer? And they said, whoa, whoa, this is a little bit more complicated than you think. So there was a series of steps I had to take in order to transfer into Medill that made my freshman year stressful. And every freshman is stressed at Northwestern that I found out once I got there. But um, I just, I knew it was what I wanted to do. I knew I had to get into Medill. I knew I had to get involved in as many things as I could get involved with. I did NNN Sports Night. I did WNUR Sports. Um, I was involved in cross country, as I mentioned. And it was, it was definitely difficult to balance all of those, but for me, sure, Sports Night and WNUR was a lot of work, but at the end of the day, it, it was some of my favorite college memories. I remember being on the field when Northwestern beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and that's all-time favorite moment for me. I remember being on the field working for WNUR when Northwestern beat Stanford to open the season my senior year. And that was so unexpected and so unbelievable. Um, and I was just always really grateful that we had the opportunity as a Big Ten school to cover the games as a student reporter. Now, your um, student athlete experience intrigues me a lot because I know that cross country might not get the same media coverage as like the football team or basketball. But I find it interesting how a lot of the athletes at Northwestern that um, our journalism majors really relate to us regular journalism students very well and kind of know what we're looking for when we interview them. So how did, did, did your role as an athlete at Northwestern play a role at all in your development as a reporter? I think it, it definitely did because although there's not a cluster of media waiting in the locker room for you after a cross-country meet, 
you still go through that same preparation process when you're training, when you're getting ready for a race. I can guarantee you my thoughts on race day are probably very similar to the quarterback's thoughts on his game day. And although people aren't as intrigued by it, it's, it's not a huge revenue sport. It's the same time commitment, and it means as much to those athletes as it does to the fans of the Northwestern football team and the Northwestern football team in general. It, it, it has that same value to the individual athletes. So when I watch them compete and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what would I want them to ask me? So I think in a way, it definitely did help just understanding the athletes a little bit better. And then also understanding the whole student athlete aspect of this. I understood what it was like to be at the training room at 5 a.m. and then to bike from the weight room at 11.30 trying to make your 12 o'clock class. Meanwhile, you didn't have time to shower and you feel gross, but you got to get there. So I understood that. I understood the whole balancing act of that. And it's definitely unique. I mean, you'll hear a lot of student athletes say it's a job and it is a serious time commitment. And not that I didn't love it, not that I would change anything, but, but it was, it was definitely difficult, and especially trying to do extracurriculars. You know, it was during the winter, WNUR travels often with the women's basketball team. There was only two or three trips that I could go on because we had track meets often every time that the women's basketball team was playing or you know, I couldn't miss a practice. I, I might've been able to get by by missing a class, but I, I certainly couldn't miss a cross country or a track practice. So for me, it was just taking advantage of the opportunities and, and looking at the things that I could do. You know, I'm local, I'm from the area. So I was around over winter break. I could stay and, and call those women's basketball games. I could go on the trip on New Year's Eve because I wasn't in school and I was local and it wasn't a big deal for me to get to Evanston. So there was definitely um, some challenges that came along with balancing it all, but I also thought I was able to relate to the student athletes on a different level because I was one of them. Now you've graduated from Northwestern, what now, four years ago? Yes, four years ago. Um, and I think a lot of people, at least in my position, would say that you've already found yourself in a pretty good job in a, in a bigger market. Um, how did that all fall into place for you so well? Man, it's it's crazy to think about how it all happened because when I was a senior, this time four years ago, I had nothing lined up. All my friends at Northwestern had jobs set, knew what they were going to do, and I didn't have a clue. So when I was in college, I interned for the Cape Cod Baseball League and they did 10 games on Fox College Sports. So when I was interning there, they said to me, what do you think about coming back next year and doing those 10 games for Fox College Sports? I was like, great, this would be perfect for my reel, a real broadcast, Fox graphics. I can do, be a sideline reporter. This is great experience. So I had those games set up, 10 games um, on Fox College Sports covering the Cape Cod Baseball League. And after that, I really had no idea what I was going to be doing. I was reaching out to local, to local news stations and smaller markets. I was reaching out to digital entities, um, like Big 12 Digital Network or whatever team had 
digital components to it and I really wasn't having much luck. So the day of graduation, a friend of mine who was involved in NNN sports, she's older, she was a producer at NBC working on the Olympics. And she texted me and said, I know you wanna be on air, but do you have any interest in being a PA for the Olympics? They understaffed the digital department and they're looking for PAs. I said, absolutely. So she said, can I give my boss your phone number? I said, yeah. This is the day of graduation and her boss called me and said, look, we don't have any hotels to put you up in, we're all booked, but if you could find a place to live, you could be a PA for the Olympics for, for the summer. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I took the job and um, I got off the phone. My mom said, who is that? I said, well, I'm working the Olympics. And she said, that's great. You know, are you going to Rio? I said, no, it's Stanford, Connecticut. She said, great, where are you going to stay? I said, oh, I haven't quite figured that out yet. So um, it was kind of funny because I just took the job and had no idea what I was going to do. But I ended up staying with a friend of a friend's family. And it was a great opportunity. Although I wasn't on air like I wanted to be, I got to work with some incredible producers and it was a great networking experience for me. The producer I worked with knew I wanted to be on air eventually and she vouched for me to get some take for my reel when things calmed down after the Olympics. So I was able to utilize their studio to get some reps in and, and have a little, a little token to put on my reel. Um, and it's funny because a lot of the people I worked with at the Olympics, I work with now covering the NFL because they bring in a lot of freelancers um, to work NFL network and to work, uh, and to work the Olympics because it's all hands on deck. So after I worked the Olympics, I really had no idea what I was going to do. And my producer, I was her PA, her name's Christine Martin. She said to me, well, why don't you just come to New York and try to, figure out freelancing I said oh I don't I don't know I'm from Chicago she said well you know worst comes to worst you just go home and so I took Christine's advice and I moved to Hoboken New Jersey and I got a part-time job with the Big East Digital Network so I was in the office a couple days a week creating content for their social media channels and then I worked as a sideline reporter and a digital contributor for a lot of their women's basketball games and then for men's soccer women's field hockey track and field cross country so I was still getting reps and getting better and then at the same time I started to do color commentary for Princeton women's basketball which uh, I didn't play basketball in college I, I played when I was a kid but I did color commentary at Northwestern so that prepared me to do color commentary for Princeton women's basketball and then that turned into doing sideline for the men. And then from there, I ended up getting more work covering high school sports in New Jersey. And then from there, the Ivy League ended up hiring me to do their men's basketball tournament. And then um, the Penn Relays, which is a really big deal in the track and field world for uh, the Ivy League and, and just for track and field as a sport. Uh, so I did trackside reporting for that. And then after a year of freelancing, I saw the position was open with the Patriots. And through my connections working in the Cape Cod Baseball League, I had got to know some of the members of the media in the Boston market. And I reached out to a couple of them and said, hey, I applied. Would you mind putting in a good word for me? And I got a call. I interviewed. And 
I got the job and this will be my fourth season covering the Patriots. So it's, it's definitely been interesting. I mean, uh, I guess there was no direct path to get there, but I, I found my way here. <laughs> I've always wanted to ask someone who's covered the Patriots. So I guess now's my, my opportunity. Uh, they're obviously well-known, particularly Belichick. And then when Brady was there, they don't give a lot of information at press conferences unless you ask questions the right way. What's, what's the biggest challenge in covering a team like that where they tend to not give a lot of information? Well, I think one of the first challenges was I went from covering women's basketball primarily and sports that not a lot of people watched. And then the next day, my first interview for the Patriots, I was interviewing Rob Gronkowski. So that's quite the jump to go. I mean, no offense to the athletes that I, that I covered previously. They were all tremendous in their own way. But that's a little intimidating to go from covering Princeton women's basketball to all of a sudden interviewing Rob Gronkowski the next day. And I have to say, I was a little nervous. You know, I was still only a couple years out of college. I didn't feel like I really belonged. And I had to, I had to, I had to belong because I was there and the job was mine. And it's definitely an, an intimidating, an intimidating place to walk into, especially if you're not from the area, you've followed the team from afar and, and seen all of their success. And, and you all know what Belichick is like. So it was definitely intimidating. I think the more I've been around, the easier it's gotten. But one of the biggest challenges, I think, is being in-house. Because there are questions I want to ask, and there are questions that need to be asked. But as the in-house reporter, there's a lot of things that I can't ask at this time. And so just understanding that and understanding my role at the moment, I think is is the biggest challenge that I face day to day with the Patriots. But through my time covering the team three years in, um, I've done a one-on-one -on -one interview with Bill Belichick and I've, I've been very proud of the way that I've been able to develop relationships with the players in the locker room and with coach Belichick. Now, kind of playing off of that, Megan, um, it's unfortunate that I still have to ask this question now, but, um, you know, female reporters definitely have had issues in locker rooms, especially in the NFL, um, for, for as long as they've been in locker rooms. Um, have you faced any specific challenges as a female in this business? You know, I really haven't. I mean, I think there, you develop your own insecurities which I think is something that everybody who's in this business in front of the camera develops um, it's a competitive business that's for sure and there definitely is a double standard just on the way women women look but what I really try to focus on is being myself and staying true to who I am there are some tremendous women in the NFL Andrew Kramer, Tracy Wolfson, among many others who, Michelle Tafoya. I mean, there's women who are true pioneers. I met Leslie Visser this past year, and they've all made a career for themselves through the NFL. Andrea Kramer has covered a lot of different things. She primarily focuses on the NFL now, 
but I feel very fortunate that I've never faced anything like that um, in my time covering the Patriots. I don't know if it's more I'm, I'm focused on on developing, but um, I feel very fortunate to say I haven't I haven't faced any of those things. What's something you've learned um, now as a professional reporter that you wish you knew while you were still in college? Take your time. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I first got my job with the Patriots, it's an in-house job and, and I have aspirations of eventually being on a network one day and, and being a, a true reporter and not a reporter time tied to the team. So I always felt like I was putting these deadlines on myself, like stay in this job for one year, stay in this job for two years. And then in three years, you'll be here. And in five years, you'll be on network TV. And in 10 years, you'll have your own show. And I think those things are, are not healthy. It's good to have goals. It's good to see where you, you want to be. But I think focusing on the job you have and doing the job you have really well will, will get you your next job in any industry. People pay for expertise in whatever it may be, business, sales, whatever it may be, people pay for expertise. My job right now is to be the best Patriots reporter I can be. And I look at what I'm doing right now, and it's not my end game where I want to be. But I look at the players in the locker room. I look at the producers I'm able to work with. I look at the opportunities that are in front of me. And I say, this is going to help me get where I want to be but only if I take complete advantage of all of these situations. So during open locker room, I need to not just be standing around talking to colleagues and waiting. I need to be trying to build these relationships with players, making sure that they know me because one day when breaking news happens and Megan O'Brien is reporting for CBS, I will have those contacts from the time that I worked with the Patriots to rely on. So little things like before the draft, I interviewed Nick Casario, who's the Patriots director of player personnel. And I remember my first interview with Nick Casario. It went fine. But the last interview I did with Nick Casario before the draft, it was night and day different from my first one. And I say, yeah, I'm still in the same role, but I've come a long way in the three seasons. And I think just, I wish I could have told myself three years ago, take your time and take advantage of these opportunities because I was so worried about the next job that I wasn't focusing on the time and place, which is right now. And I wasn't staying present and I wasn't taking full advantage of the opportunities that were in front of me. And like I said, it's good to have goals, but take your time. Now shifting to more current times. Um, you know, we've all heard the comments from people who tell sports reporters to stick to sports or people who tell LeBron James to shut up and dribble. Um, but it seems like the time we're in now has really produced this awakening uh, among people where ra uh, racial and political discourse is becoming more and more prevalent amongst every aspect of our lives. Have you thought about how you're going to approach this and how you've started to approach this while you're covering an NFL team? Yeah, I actually, I thought about that a lot. And I don't think this really is the time for anybody to stick 
to anything, whether it's stick to sports, stick to news. I think this is a time where we can all come together and unify and stand against racism. And I go into the locker room every day and I make a living off of covering a game that minority, primarily minority men play for our entertainment. And I need them to know that I stand with them. And I think that's really important that they know that they have my support. Um, I did three interviews last week with members of the Patriots. And before we started recording, I asked all of them if they would feel comfortable talking about it. And all of them welcomed that. And I think it's important to continue having those conversations, not just now, not just for the next two weeks. This needs to be something we continue talking about. We continue to highlight in these stories. One thing that really stood out to me last week in an interview with Patriots running back Brandon Bolden, he told me how difficult this is to be a parent and to teach your son about what's going on in the world. And he talked about his grandfather in the 60s was playing in the NFL, and his grandfather had to tell. Brandon about what was going on in the world and now Brandon is doing the same thing with his son and it's a sad reality because a lot of time has passed between 2020 and the 60s a lot of time and yet Brandon is still having the same conversation with his son that his grandfather was having with him so I think these issues need to be brought to light they need to be talked about because they do matter. And I don't think it's something you just say, well, that doesn't affect sports. Well, no, it does. It truly does. And if we don't talk about it, we're not going to make progress and we're not going to progress as a society. All right, Megan, one last question for you very quick. Any insight into who's going to be starting a QB for the Patriots in September? <laughs> Man, that is the million-dollar question that everyone is asking. I, I think it will be Jared Stidham. I think Jared's, it's Jared Stidham's job to lose, but I do think there will be a competition. I think the competition's be between him and Brian Hoyer. I think there's a reason they brought Brian Hoyer back, but it, it definitely will be interesting and all eyes will be on New England this season. However, given this off season and the circumstances with COVID and training camp and perhaps no fans in the stands. We don't really know yet what's going to happen with the NFL or if it will start on time. It wouldn't surprise me if Brian Hoyer started initially and then Jarrett Stidham took over. But I do think the job will be primarily Jarrett Stidham's. That was Megan O'Brien, team reporter for the New England Patriots. Thanks so much to her for talking with me and providing some valuable insight on what it's like breaking into the field. Be sure to check back next week for another episode of Interviewing the Interview. I'm Eric Winston-Lobel. Thanks for listening.